sometimes taken it to Paris. <laughs> Showdown in the Forest Mansion. Give me back my baby! Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening. Everybody, I'm David from Take Two Radio Soaps and Review, and with me tonight, joining me is my friend Anthony. Holla, holla, holla. My friend Carolyn. Hi, David. Hi, David. And our girl Candace. Candy What's up, girl? everybody? <laughs> I am your and world. Tonight, there you go. We, yeah, we do. Yes, you are. Tonight, we have a very special show for you. We have the iconic Jacqueline Zeman, who plays Bobby Spencer on General Hospital, but she's also known to play Sophia Madison on The Bay. And are we all excited for her? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. let's not forget. So why don't we just bring bring the sun and find out? Once upon a time, she was also Lana on One Life to Live. Mm-hmm. Hello, this is Take Your Radio Soaps and Review. You have David speaking. Hello. 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 Ja- Jackie. Hi, yes, hi. <laughs> hi, Jackie. Good evening. Oh. <laughs> the giggles, the giggles. Is... I love it, I love it. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, I'm <laughs> Jackie, I'm David. You're acting um, um, co-host tonight for Pam, who is ill. And with us, we have Oh, well, Anthony. I'm happy to have you. I'm sorry for Pam. I hope she's going to be yeah. feeling better very soon. Well, but we well, will we'll have send fun her your regards. Thank you. Yep. Please do. She's listening. White light, positive thoughts. Absolutely. And we have Anthony, Carolyn, and Candace joining me tonight. And we hello. hope you have lots of fun with us. Hello, hello. So, wait, i got to get the name. You're David, then Anthony, I'm Carolyn, David. Hello. Carolyn. You're Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Hi. And Carolyn? Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Jack. Did you say? Hello. And Candace? And Candace. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Candace. Hi. (laughs) Well, we're a fun group, aren't we? (laughs) Yes, we We are. are. (laughs) Yeah. We're all. You have no idea. (laughs) We are so. I'm sure I'm about to find out. (laughs) We are so thrilled to have you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm I'm very happy to be on with you. We'll have a lot of fun, I'm sure. 
So, well, David, start the question. I'm going to start with some questions for you. Sure. Let me. Okay. This is from Pam. She had her questions up. It says, you started out in ballet but moved to acting. What was it about acting that made you want to do that over ballet? Ah. Well, you know, it wasn't so much that I wanted to do over. I think you have to, you, you know, you have to, particularly in this business, be as as you can and as many things so that when auditions or job opportunities come up, you know, you have those qualifications. So, you know, my, my first um, actual acting part was in kindergarten. We did a play called Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and I was the, the moderator, the narrator, and um, the teacher told Miss Lewis was my teacher, and she, I was five at the time. And she told my mom that the reason why she picked me to be the the moderator because I she thought I could remember the lines of and the story, and you know I had to sit right next to Miss Lewis when she was playing the piano when the kids were doing the acting, and then I was reciting what was going on in the story. So I guess I got bit by the acting bug right around the same time I started dancing. <laughs> oh, that sounds. That sounds really nice. And, and every once in a while, you do go back to the dancing part. I, well, when we do the nurses' ball on General Hospital, I do, yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. It's really a fun thing to do. I love it, you know. I think, you know, for anybody who who loves dance, whether or not you ever, you know, anybody who ever took a dance lesson, a ballet class, or a tap class, or, or, or an acrobatic class, I think it becomes part of your spirit, part of your heart, part of your passion. And even though, you know, you may not do it professionally or get paid for it, take classes, you know, as, as you go through life, you always have that love for dancing. My mother used to tell me when I was a little girl, marry a man who likes to dance. You'll always have a good time when you go out to dinner and you go to a wedding. That's true to form, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and my first husband, Murray Hoffman, was a disc jockey, Murray the K, and he loved music and he loved to dance. And she, my mama was absolutely right. I always had a great time at parties and dances. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, so wow. you see, mama had words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, they, they usually do, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I have some news. My daughter's pregnant. My oldest daughter, Cassidy, who, uh, if any listeners that are listening that know me, been watching me for, you know, a million years on TV, yeah. know Cassidy. Uh, she's now 28 years old, but it feels like just yesterday that she was born. She's pregnant. Baby girl due December 30th. Oh, oh wow. I still have. Yeah, and I still have. I swear when she was born. Well, I have two daughters, Cassidy and Lacey, and when both my girls were born, I still have baby blankets and gifts and clothes and things that people sent to me for my girls when they were born. The baby blankets and things that people hand-knitted that are so gorgeous, I saved, you know, I'm like a very sentimental person. I saved these things in a trunk. I have, like, I call it encore. It's a trunk um, in my house. My mom gave it to me. I have two sisters. She gave all three of us. Um, they used to call them hope, hope chests, 
but I call them encore encore because it's to keep (laughs) keepsakes and important things to relive and and experience them again. And I have these baby blankets and things in this chest, and I've got to get them, wash them, clean them, give them to my daughter, Cassie. Well, a couple of them for her to use for the baby. Oh, there you go. How nice is that? So anybody, if you're listening and you sent me a baby blanket, you know, 28 years ago, Cassidy was born, or or 27 years ago when Lacey was born, it's being recycled and is still loved and appreciated and is going to be used again. (laughs) Wow. Maybe you can sneak your favorite one on screen for Carly. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. We'll have to see how that plays out, huh? That's a big question mark right now. And we were going to have to see. So we love you, as many other fans do on General Hospital. But we're also enjoying your role as Sophia Madison on the Bay. Did Mm -hmm. they ask you to use uh, a southern accent, or is that something uh, you chose to do? And what's it like being out of your Bobby Spencer role? It's it's so fun. First of all, I adore, you know, everybody on the, Gregory Martin put the show together and, you know, writes it, produces it and Wendy Ritz, who was our executive producer on General Hospital for a a decade, a whole entire decade, whom I adore, we have, and we have, you know, anybody who watches the Bay knows everybody on there is absolutely incredible. We have an incredible family and group put together and um, I play Sophie Madison, the mayor's wife married to Dick Coster who incidentally is yeah. my friend who lives on his, uh, I live in Marina Del Rey and I can see his boat. His boat is right outside my window. He and Elaine have a big boat, a yacht. If you've watched the bay, you've seen the yacht. It's the one we use that he mm-hmm. uses as mayor. We have the parties on it because he lets the Jews shoot on it. Anyway, and um, it was actually Gregory Martin, our producer, director, writer's idea when he first called me um, and the first time, actually, you know how I found the bay? I didn't have to audition. And this is how many years I know. I was on campus with my daughter, Lacey, and it was in the summer, and it was that day in July when the parents come, you know, when, for the freshmen, and you get to, like, walk around the campus mm-hmm. where the dorms are. And, you know, after they're expected, they're in the college, and then you walk around. So they take the kids. They took Lacey and all the students, one, and they said to the parents, well, to go walk around and, you know, just go see where things are. So as I'm walking around, my cell phone rings, and it's Tristan Rogers, who, you know, <laughs> Max Scorpio and GH for right. years. I mean, we go back, you know, what, 30, 30 years. I mean, my, my daughters grew up with his kids, with uh, Sarah Jane and Kel. So um, anyway, he calls me and says, oh, well, I'm doing the show today, you know, and um, Gregory Mark was wondering if you'd be interested in coming on. I said, to work with you? Absolutely. I'd love to. So Gregory called me. And he said, we were talking, and he said, um, you know, would you be, I said, yes, I'd be thrilled. He told me some of the people that were on the show. I said, I'd love to do it. And then he said, by the way, can you, can you do a southern accent? I said, can I do a southern accent? I love to do a southern accent. <laughs> when, I, when I was growing up, my aunt who, um, and uncle, who actually lived in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, so we, they were Yankees, me, Yankees, moved to uh, Maryville, which is outside of Knoxville. Um, and 
we would go down then. That was my dad's sister and family. And we would drive down every summer. We would all pile in the car, and we would drive down, the five of us, my two sisters, my mom, dad, and our dog, Gretel, and we would go visit my aunt. So I got familiar with the southern accent because I would be down there every summer. So um, mm-hmm. it was one of those things I didn't have to learn. I just, you know, had recall. It was really fun. <laughs> recall is so, recall is a yeah. great tool. Recall. So you know, exactly. I just want to also tell you, I do another show called Misguided, and I heard yep. you introduce me that you did mention Misguided, but it's a great show. It's um, it's it's a comedy, a dramedy, I should say. It's a comedy and drama, and it's written and produced and directed by Paul Goslin. And if anybody, some people already know about us. We've been on for a few seasons now, but it's misguidedseries.com, and it's an online, it's a web show right now. Um, we haven't found a place on cable yet, but um, misguidedseries.com, and I hope people will tune in and watch because I get to play uh, Mo. Um, who is you Paul sure do. Mama. Yes, she is. Yeah. And you get hired to play somebody's mother. There comes a big responsibility <laughs> to do a good job on something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, there we go. Oh, wow. There's another one that's yeah. time for. Yeah, thank you. So, thank you. I hope you will. It's really yes, fun show. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a comedy, dramedy it's edgy. It's it's kind of. I think you'll like it. It's fun. It's it's cool. It's of what they could put on like a network show. You know what I mean. So if you enjoy that kind of stuff, like total some dark stuff, some funny stuff, and the, the wonderful thing about it is that um, it's very unpredictable. So you never know in an episode which way it's going to go. If it's going to go sideways and be funny, or if it's going to go sideways and be very dramatic or it's going to go sideways and just be a mixture of everything. So um, it's really fun working on that show. Yeah, it's got oh, a great quirk, quirk factor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually watched that show. So do I. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, it's catching on, Jackie. All right, love that. We're love gonna that. Get Thank it. you. We're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> when you first joined General Hospital, did you have the opportunity to meet Douglas Marlin? And what were your first impressions of him? Oh, uh, Douglas Marlin is in my heart today. Was then, is now, and always will be. Brilliant, not only you know as a as a legend in this business, uh, but as an amazing, wonderful, kind, generous, smart, creative person, charming man, well educated, classy guy. I mean, I just oh wow, love that man, love him, and of course he gave me my you know my start on GH. I met Doug Marland. Uh, I was I was actually. I was at a um, Beatlemania was on Broadway, and at the time I wasn't married yet, but my boyfriend was Murray Kaufman, Murray the K, who I later married. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching in the audience watching Beatlemania one night, you know, in house seats, and right next to me is a man, and um, we start talking, and, and uh, turns out it's Fred Silverman, who at the time was head of programming for ABC, and we start mm-hmm. talking, and he, he looks at me and he says, "You're funny," he said. Would you like to do a sitcom? 
And I said, no, 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 I actually, I like the soap operas, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the One Life to Live, yeah, One Life to Live, New York, and I really like the soap operas. Well, sure enough, and I, I, why I would say I didn't want to do the sitcom, but, you know, in those days, most women on sitcoms you had to play kind of a stupid in their head, you know, that was most of the comedy, and I, it just, that didn't appeal to me. Um, so I said, no, I like the drama. And, well, sure enough, a, a week later, I get a phone call, hi, would you? interested um, in going out to General Hospital because my character, I was Lionel McLean on One Life to Live in New York and I'd been there for two and a half years. That's another story, but I was getting getting killed off. So it was t- ending and they called and said, would you like to play Bobby Spencer on General Hospital? We have a little coming up. We've tested a bunch of actresses. We can't find one that you know is, is right for the role and it's, it's yours if you want it, but you'll have to meet with Doug Marlin first. Um to you know, really get the vibe and get the final, final seal, seal of approval. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's because ironically, Murray's show, Beatlemania, is moving from Broadway to the uh, theater out in California in Century City, um, and we had to move out to California. So the timing was perfect. Ooh. I'm getting you know offered this part. So Doug Marlin came to our apartment in New York. At the time, we were living at um, on Sherman Square, which is like 70th Street Broadway, and it was a big, tall building, and we had a, we had a nice, like a two-bedroom apartment there. It was really nice. It was a nice view, and um, but it was all decorated lavender in the days. You know, it was my, I did it all in like a gray lavender color, and I had these like gold the um, May cushions all around, and it was like it was, I thought it was really pretty. I mean, I think about it now and I cringe, but at the time, you know, I thought it was really beautiful. And Doug Marlin came to my apartment in New York. He lived in Connecticut, and he drove all the way into the city. And uh, let me tell you, his his home in Connecticut is, every year his Christmas card was a, a picture of his house, and I didn't realize it's a picture of his house because it was like a, a state, a mansion, like a storybook, like on one of those Hallmark Christmas movies, that kind of house, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the gate and the driveway and the long room and the icicles hanging from the trees and the beautiful, warm, lovely home. And then, you know, it wasn't until, like, I eventually started working there, you know, and GH and got invited, like, up to, up to his house, and I went, oh, my God, that's your business card, that's your real house? He was laughing, he was like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. So he came and sat on the floor, and we hit it off right away. He he was so, like, you'd think a man that is that successful um, and that, you know, like, who could hire any actress he wanted because everybody, you know, of course, wanted the job. And, you know, at the time, I was you know, 24 years old, so how much experience does a 24-year-old have? You know, like, hundreds of actresses would have, like, killed to get the part. And... Um, talked for about three hours and I felt so comfortable with him and he didn't make me feel like I was auditioning. He didn't make me feel like I had to impress him. Um, he, we just sat on the floor of my apartment and talked for like three hours and then I kind of just looked at him at the end and he looked at me and said, so um, you want to do the show? And I was like, oh my gosh, does that mean you're offering me the part? And he's like, yep. He said, they'll call you, you know, they'll call you tomorrow to look at all the details, but if you want it, it's yours. So I was thrilled. So that's how I met Douglas Marland, and I will be eternally grateful to that man because he created he created Bobby. He created Bobby Spencer, and, you know, the fact that Bobby Spencer is still on TV 42 years later um, is a testament to how brilliant the man was when he created the character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, there aren't too many things that last that long. Yeah. Chico, who's been on season for 42 years? You know, and you think, okay, most of the people, you'll say it's Barbara Walters or it's Diane Sawyer or, you know, or it's it's news or hosts that are really, really famous. You can't think of too many, you know, actors that stay on TV for 42 years. (laughs) That's true. I've been lucky. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a testament to you, to you and your creativity and your, your your craft. I mean, like you said, we can we can name shows that has been on for a very long time. But like you said, as an actor, an actress to be on 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 the daytime soap for that long is is astounding. It's amazing. It should be celebrated every single day. Oh, thank you. That's too kind of you. Thank you so much. Well, I love it. I have to tell you, because I watched soap operas, you know, when I was a little girl with my mom and my grandma. So I grew up on them. I loved them before. It never occurred to me that I would ever get on one. You know, nobody in my family was on TV or in the movies or anything in the business. I grew up in the suburbs in Bergenfield, New Jersey, and, um, you know, loved the singing and the dancing and took a lot of lessons and, you know, was in all the plays in high school. But... Uh, at the time, I wasn't really sure I, I was going to make it as a professional actress. So, landing a job on a soap opera was pretty exciting. You know, it was like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, you know, a lot of it's our audience. We, well, the, the spoof yeah, audience, you know, is really loyal. And it's, there's a very emotional connection between us as the actors and me as a person, not only as Bobby, but as Jackie. Because nowadays, uh-huh. you know, you go out, like, the GH is a closed set, so we don't have a live audience. Nobody can come on the set. But we go out and we do personal appearances because I, I do a lot of them because I like people and I'm, I'm outgoing and I enjoy talking to people and hearing what people say. And nowadays with social media, where we all kind of know a lot more about, you know, people that we used to. You know, used to be you had to do an interview in a magazine, and three months later, you know, the magazine would come out with the interview, and God knows if it was even the same story. The situation has changed so fast. A lot happens in three months. Sometimes you'd be reading it, and, you know, the person isn't even married to the person they were married to, you know, three months ago. Or the, <laughs> they're all of a sudden right. they have a baby, and they were single. You know what I mean? Nowadays, with social media, everything is so of the moment. There's a very, yeah. um, there's a lot of intimacy, and you, we get to know the people that we watch and people that we relate to really, really well. So I have to thank our audience, wanting, you know, for still wanting to see the character after all these years and not becoming bored with her and saying, ah, you know, especially for mature actors like myself, you get, you know, Lots of actresses in Hollywood, once you hit 40, you're playing grandma. By the time you're 50, you can't even get a job. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> in fact, how often you do you see stop. an audience itself screaming for more of a, a comprehensive storyline for Bobby and yourself? Uh-huh. Use Jackie. You she can do it, and they're crying out on social media. We don't want these brief pop-in appearances. Put her in a storyline, a real storyline. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. So now they've dangled, you know, they started the diabetes, they give me the diabetes type 2, which I think is, uh, the reaction to that that I've gotten from people has been really amazing because so many people are affected by that. 
And a lot of people, uh-huh. you know, it's in their family or it's their friend, but a lot of people don't really know what the symptoms are, don't know what to look for, don't know what the, you know, worst case scenario can become. So by giving it to me as a nurse, to Bobby as a nurse on TV, it's been really good because Bobby, you know, was momentarily in denial about having it. Like the, a, lot of, a lot of people are. Not just people in the medical, especially people in the medical division, obviously, because they're around all day. The last thing they want to do is go get a test, you know, for themselves after they've been doing it on other patients all day long. But, but people in real life are in denial. You know, you people get sick with their dragon, or they yeah. don't feel quite good. But they don't go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. They don't want to hear the news. They don't want to take the day off from work. They don't want to lose the pay. They don't want to cancel the vacation. All the reasons that we can find to, you know, not interrupt our lives. You know, when we're out of fear, when we're afraid that, you know, something's yeah. going to they don't change that. But I love that they wrote it. I, I hope, I hope that the writers will pursue it, continue with it. You know what I mean? And, and just, we had, you know, at the same time, what I love about doing it is they had finally Scotty proposing to Bobby, Ken trying oh, to yeah. Scotty. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Ken and I were the same age. We've both been on the show since we're 24 years old. We've been together forever. He's one of my best, best friends in the whole world. And we, we travel together. We do stuff together. Trish, is, his uh, girlfriend, is like a really, really close friend of mine. I love him. So when we do the scenes, we just get a big kick out of it because we truly do have a, a very strong, close, personal relationship. So it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And and a little yeah, love yeah, in the afternoon it. never hurts. <laughs> exactly, right. because Bobby love. and Scotty have had the sexual spark for years. When I first yep. came on General Hospital, he was there just right before me, a couple months before me, and he was Jeannie Francis was there, and we did the the triangle, you know, with Scotty, Laura, and Bobby, the triangle. Bobby switched some pregnancy, pretended to be pregnant to try to get Scotty to you know away from Laura, and then we go back and have that history. But the main relationship. Between Bobby and Scotty, there was always that sexual spark. So it's, it's kind of fun now, decades later, to get to still play that. You know, things happen, and people say, oh, could Bobby and Scotty ever really get married? You know, because he proposes, and, and Bobby turned him down. Go, what, what is it? Why, because you find out how to diabetes? What is this, a pitch proposal? You're proposing me? No, I don't want to. Mm. You know, he compares yeah. it to says like a, being a comfortable stew. Wouldn't you like to just be, you know, be together? We know each other so well and so easy, kind of like an like an comfortable old stew. <laughs> hey, yeah. Old stew. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he is <so> comfortable. <laughs> that writing was brilliant. It really was. <laughs> yeah. The scenes were fun, and Ken had just had a surgery. You know. We go dark a lot in general hospital. We go dark like 24 weeks a year. So, so we had just been dark for like three weeks. And while we were dark, he had to get a surgery done on his um, leg, on his knee, that, from an old yeah. surgery. And he says, so this, the story Ken tells is that, you know, he and I did a, a tour, um, I guess it was the year before last, uh, like a bunch of comedy clubs, a tour to celebrate our 40 years on general hospital together, right? So we did this tour together. And we were so we we're flying in and out of cities and da, 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 and we're in the airport and the first place we went to was you know New York. We landed um, I think it was Laguardia, Laguardia County. I think it was Laguardia. And like we get off the plane and all of a sudden he says, "Hey, Jackie, wait up!" He goes, "All of a sudden you were like 20 feet in front of me." He goes, "And I couldn't keep up." 
I'm limping on my legs. And I realized I had to get the surgery. So we go dark for the three weeks. He goes in, he gets the surgery. You know, you learn. You can't ask the executive producer because what are they going to say? They're going to say, no, I'll get the surgery. I need you on the show in three weeks. But And the recuperation for that is long. So long story short, well, well, you know, he did the whole proposal scene. He gets the script, get our scripts like a couple days, like three or four days before we're going to shoot it. And he has to call Frank Valentini, our producer, who's at his house in the Hamptons on vacation while we're dark to say, hey, Frank, about the proposal thing. I seen I actually can't down, down on one knee because I'm already on one knee. I, I'm on a scooter. I can't walk. So we got to rework the scene. <laughs> <laughs> So we played it as comedy, and Ken is great. Ken is a natural comedian, so we just did it funny with, you know, him on the scooter and changed all the dialogue. I'd get down on one knee, but I'm already on one knee, but, you know, it was really fun. That's good. <laughs> so so my, my final question, my final question before you, before I give you to Carolyn, um, is you and Valerie Harper have – Someone in common. You both had the opportunity to play opposite the late David Grohl. David, yeah. What was David. it like playing opposite him and bringing the topic of domestic violence to daytime? Wow, that's mm. a good question. That's a big question. Um, first of all, I adore David Grohl. Um, and Valerie Harper, actually. And, and whenever I run into Valerie on something, we always laugh because we we got to share David, you know, and we loved working with him. So that was like, that was a true gift. You say, oh, what gifts has the universe given you? And that's a big one in my life. Um, David came in to audition for GH, and I had watched Rhoda, so I knew who he was. I mean, Rhoda! You know, I could Rhoda <laughs> in my years, you know, and I was so excited because Gloria Monti was producer, executive producer of GH at the time. We didn't even have to test him. He came in um, to Gloria Monti's office one day. He and I read together, and it was like you could have put it on TV. You know what I mean? Without a rehearsing, without a director, without marks, just like standing there saying the lines. He was, he was amazing. And, you know, that's hard to do as an actor, even for a seasoned actor like David. You know, you come in and produce to make it so real. Oh, yeah, he was looking. And it was like, well. So, of course, he walks out of the office, and I'm like, Gloria, Gloria, please. And she goes, I know, I know, I could tell. I, I know he's the one you want. Okay. When I said, because it was so perfect, knowing that we were going to do the spousal abuse, and, it, you know, we had scenes where he was literally going to push me down the stairs. Bobby's going to have to get a hysterectomy and then could never get pregnant. You know, that was the where the story was going, mm-hmm. and then we were going to go into the Stargate Mother storyline later, you know. So, and how brilliant to take a guy from a sitcom who was used to getting laughs and funny um, and putting him on as that character because, you know, as in life, you never know what goes in between uh, behind closed doors. You know, people right. have secrets, family have secrets, and we, those scenes aired, first of all, when we were shooting those scenes, because at that time, the show was probably like, we'd shoot a scene, and we, it would be like three weeks before it would actually go on the air. So many people that worked at GH would come up to, women mostly, come up to me and go, and confide in me, like, that they'd been hit, they grew up abused, that they'd been abused by someone in the family, that they 
sexually abused, that they'd been physically abused, that they'd been all kinds of things. And I guess they were confiding in me because they felt that because I was doing research on part, talking to people that I would understand. I had no idea how prevalent that was in the world because I had no experience with it. We didn't have it in our family, that situation. So um, working with with David was a pure joy because it's a scary, dark storyline. And when you play, you know, as an actress on a soap opera, when you play stuff that's really hard like that, um, it does permeate some of your spirit, some of your energy, you know. So you have to be very careful to, um, to to try and not create crossover and to try not bring that energy into your life off camera, off the set, which sometimes is um, takes take some to think about that, and you've got to actively be proactive about making sure that doesn't happen. But working with David was a joy. We, used to, we became friends off the set. We'd go out to dinner all the time. We used to go to this restaurant in Beverly Hills called Lost. Amelia. It was right on Cannon Drive. It was a really high-end, beautiful, wonderful Italian restaurant. We both were both foodies. We loved to eat. We were always going out to dinner. David had a beautiful house. I love home and decorating, and I had a nice house at the time. Um, uh, and I was living in Beverly Hills up off Coldwater. He had a beautiful house in Hancock Park, and it was like for a single guy. I was like, David, it was like a big house. And it was beautifully designed and decorated. He was truly artistic. He had, he, you know, used to like to like his furniture, he was very well educated with furniture in different periods, and his house was decorated like as if he were a professional decorator. I said, "Who did your house?" And he goes, "I did." He's like, "Wow, you're really good." So he, you know, paid attention to detail like that. And um, later, when he had a child, um, he named his child Spencer. So there you go. I hadn't, I never knew if that had anything to do with Bobby Spencer being my stage name. He did pick Spencer. I don't think it was because I my. TV name was Spencer, but I think Spencer was in his mind because he had been hurted so much on the set. So uh, oh. funny how things, you know, how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Full, full circle. circle. Yeah. Well, thank you for totally. thank you for those questions. Jerry, thank you for those very, questions. That's those very, were good ones. Thank you, Carolyn. You're up. Hey, Carolyn. Hi, Jackie. Hi. <laughs> Hi, great, great uh, background stories. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I read somewhere that you were a Playboy bunny. Is that true? Absolutely. I was. (laughs) 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 And I loved it. I was the youngest bunny because the day I turned 18... I went into the Playboy Club and I interviewed JD was the bunny mother in those days and I interviewed I actually had gone into the Playboy Club like a month before I turned eighteen, I was seventeen. So I had been working <laughs> in New York and I was modeling and I was doing really well and so he said, You should go over to Playboy, those make a lot of money over there. You you know, you'd be good and I'm like, Oh so I went in there and I met JD and she said, You gotta be eighteen and I said, Well, I will be in like four weeks and she said, Come back in four weeks And I, um, I got hired. I went in, she introduced me to the, you know, the general manager, and then, and then I had an interview, and then I had to put on a bunny suit, you know, and they look at, you know, because obviously you have to look good as a bunny suit, um, and uh, I got hired, and then they send you to, when you become a bunny, in those days, you, you had to learn to be a bartender, so you had to, they 
give you, of course, they taught you had to know what was in every drink. You know, you had to know how to mix every drink, even though we didn't actually mix them, our bartenders mix them, because it was like an order on a tray where you'd have to put the drinks, and you'd have to know what was in, what the, was in them and the color and what was in the glasses. And You know, sometimes we'd carry in a tray with 20, 25 drinks in it, so you had to know what they and were. Had to di- and you so, had to do the dip. You had to do the dip, right? The bunny dip, yes. You did the bunny dip, which I could still do today in four-inch heels, I have to tell you. Oh. And um, wow. I love it. And what the rule was, because, of the, uh, you know, speaking of the Me Too thing and everything, the rule was in those days, you weren't allowed, if you were bunny, you weren't allowed to date customers, the key holders. Not allowed. Yeah. So if a, if a man, like, said you're doing a bunny dip or he, would like, made a pass or said, hey, you know, you're single, would you like to go out? You had to say, I'm uh, sorry, um, we're not allowed. It, one, it protected the girls from being in an uncomfortable position, but two, it was literally was not allowed. And if they found out that you sneaked out with somebody, you were fired. Because oh, the last wow. thing you have needed was to look like he was running a, you know, a different kind of business. He really just wanted to run a club and a restaurant. He wasn't looking to run or get in trouble with other, you know, Things, right. things like that. Shenanigans. And then I became, yeah, and I loved, yeah, no shenanigans. And I loved it because I became the publicity bunny. Um, I was there for, I actually worked for Mr. Hefner for two and a half years, and I became one of the publicity bunnies, and I literally traveled all over the world. Um, I went to Rio de Janeiro to promote his record company. You know, in those days, he was expanding. He was starting Wee Magazine, so I helped promote Wee Magazine, the Playboy Movie Theater in New York. Great Gorge Ski oh Resort in New Jersey. I was on the softball Ooh. team. We went to Nassau and all the islands. It was third base. We would play men's teams, you know, like firemen, police. We raised a lot of money for charities. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was, I loved that job. And it taught me, um, I was young as 18, 18, 19. I've traveled like all over the place. Um, the girls were wonderful. You know, Don Lois was head of publicity at the time. And she was dating Vic Lowndes, who was head of one of the partners and head of the London Club. And then I had put in, uh, you know, a request to become a, a blackjack dealer. I said, oh, I'll go to London. You know, it'll be fun with in London for like six months a year. I'll go there. And it was just about to come through. And that's when I met Murray, who later became my husband. Um, I had auditioned to be in the Schaefer Music Festival in New York, and I got hired to be a dancer in that. And there was like a spark between Murray and me, and I all of a sudden didn't want to leave the country. So I stayed, you know, in New York and did the publicity there. And Barbie Benton used to come into the club. Barbie Benton was dating oh, Hugh Hefner oh, in those days. Oh, yeah. Barbie would come in, and, you know, she, I was 18. She was like 20 or 21, just a couple years older. And all of us girls would be looking at like, because, oh, you know, when you're 18 and you're looking at a 21-year-old or 20, you're like, oh, my God, she's so glamorous. She's so beautiful. She could sing. She'd sing in the show. What is she wearing? Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, like, exciting. And then she's a friend of mine after all these years. As a matter of fact, she invited me to stay with her at her house in Aspen, which is beautiful, so we're going to do a little girls' girls' trip. But, you know, to have that kind of history for for someone, and she didn't even remember that those kids that we had met, you know, so I was like, oh, God, yes, we thought you were you were all at Barbie when you were dating Mr. Hefner, and, you know, we were always like, what, are we, what was she wearing, what was she doing, what was she singing? And that was, I guess, right around Hee Haw, right before she did Hee Haw and all those shows she did. So so that's my experience with the bunny. It was absolutely wonderful. And we made a lot of money, I have to tell you, at the time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was a great job. It was a great job. When are you going to write your book? 
When are you going to wrap yeah. it up? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That, people tell me that all the time. You know, I have so many stories, but I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever do a book. Just because you have to, you know, so much of my stories are about real people, and people get really uncomfortable when you put them in a book and you talk about, oh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, people get weird. So it's like I don't want my friends to feel that they would ever have to watch what they say around me because I might put it in a book. You know, that changes that changes the dynamics of any relationship when somebody, I'm really good. If somebody confides or tells me a secret, it's like in the vault. I don't gossip. Right. I don't repeat private things. And I don't want anybody ever to think that, you know, oh, well, in, in 10 years from now, anything they say to me could end up in a book. And Robin, Robin Leach was my dear, dear friend. I, 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 this sounds random, but was the same way. Robin was one of like the love of my life and one of my best best friends for many many years after even after when we weren't dating. And I would say say Robin, you know, are you ever going to write that book? And he'd say, Nope, not going to write that book. I just want people to think. Same reason. I'd say I get it because you know, I mean, his stories. Oh my God, you can imagine what he could write about. You know, I'd say yeah, but mm-hmm. you know so much. And he'd say yeah, but I you know these people. Uh, he you say to me, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I'm not one of them. I interview them, and I don't ever want people to be, not want to do an interview with me or a story with me because they think it's going to end up, you know, unedited or unapproved in a book someday. And he was right. right. I get it. You know, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a great, you're a great storyteller. Please, uh, we're, we're, we're having a great interview. Yes. I'm, thank you. <laughs> well, very, very nice, very nice to you, and I'm going to I'm going to hand you over to Candace. Okay. Yep. Hello. Hi, Candace. Carolyn. Hi. Hey, Candace. You know, all of a sudden, I, I, I have the bunny hop song in my head. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> over here, just like doing it and everything. And I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Okay. So earlier, we talked about the bay, which led into a little discussion of misguided, which we're watching. Okay. Uh, how did you come aboard on this project? Because this is actually one of those, I'm going to say this one, you know, a, a show that people should be watching. And I'll, I'll do whatever it takes yeah. to promote it for you. Mm, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for asking. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I didn't know Paul Goslin prior to working with him on Misguided. He actually... He tracked me down and he found me through my agent. Uh, my agent is Rick Hirsch with Celebrity Consultants. He used to be um, with William Morris, head of the commercial department, William Morris. When I was with William Morris for years for commercials. And because when um, on GH over the years, I would do, get hired and asked to do a lot of spokeswomen jobs, you know, for um, all kinds of companies. You know, all kinds of things, right. educational things, and and skincare and pharmaceuticals because of the nurse thing and blah. And I've always liked that because I like the travel, I like media tours, I like doing the talk show, all that. So he um, he found me through Rick Hirsch, who's ne- went, w- opened up his own agency, left William Morris, and part of it, Rick's agreement with William Morris was he could take me with him because we've worked a lot together. And uh, so he, Paul contacted Rick and Rick. You know, called me and said, "Hey, you know, we have a guy. He's got a it's called misguided series, and you know, he's interested in you playing his mother." And I'm like, "Oh, wow, that would be cool." The only other time 
that I had ever played somebody's mother was I did a, a little movie called National Lampoon Class Reunion, written by John yeah. Hughes. <laughs> yeah, the incredible John Hughes. And I played John Hughes's mother. Like when we were doing the parts, I played this this very waspy, upscale, conservative, you know, woman. Uh, on uh, and I just kind of looked at him and say, so about I had a question. He was on the set one day. And he goes, I just want you to know you're playing my mother, loosely based on my mother. I was like, oh, God, I wish you had told me that. Now I'm like so, you know, as I may have said earlier, a tremendous amount of responsibility when a writer tells you you're playing the mother, you know, because well, there's like a lot of stuff with that. <laughs> but I was actually, you know, it was actually a compliment. So when, you know, when Rick said, oh, you're going to be, you know, in Paul's mother, I was like, whoa, okay. So, you know, Paul's mother is Mo, and in the show, in Misguided, we have a very complicated relationship. There's it's oh. there's an edge to it. It's not an easy relationship. There are a lot of issues um, of of things, you know, from from the past. Mo isn't an, isn't an evil person and doesn't think she's a bad person. She loves her son. But she kind of just does everything so wrong in a way that just is really hurtful to to him. And it's not intentional, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just want to say, think before you speak, Mo. You know, what are you doing? She's just one of those people who's a little clueless about, you know, seeing the other person's perspective. Um, And yet she has a big heart. So it's kind yeah. of a, a complicated character to play, and I love the character, and I love the way Paul has written her because I think it's I think you know it's loosely based on his mother. So I'm not saying that like what goes on in Misguided is the story of his relationship with his mother, but I'm sure there is there is some complicated stuff in there. You know what I mean? Which is where yeah. why he's able to write such depth and you know stuff that's like so so emotional and so real to the audience. So, you know, we started working. I've been on now for a few seasons, and it's absolutely wonderful. I love working with him. He's a joy to work with. He's a, Not only is he a really good writer and director and producer, but he's also a really fine actor. He's so, like, he just talks, and yeah. he's one of those people that you don't even know that he's in a scene because it's so natural when he has when he's talking you know in the shooting it's as natural as if you're just talking having a conversation with him like by the coffee pot on set that's what i and you know we have some really drama and we have some really funny stuff and sometimes when people play that they have a tendency to go really big really big to where it's like overacting and sometimes intentionally you have to overact if it's comedy yeah but he's just really brilliant at it because he he makes it very natural. You never feel like it's shtick, you know. And he's uh-huh. he's got it down. So I'm I'm really yeah. a fan as well as you know as a as well as a coworker with him. Yeah, yeah. Paul's yeah. Paul's good peeps. I'm I've known him for a while too, and he's a he's a big supporter lover of the genre. And I I remember when the announcement came out that you were going to join the cast. I was like. Oh, he's jumping up and down right about now. Like, I could picture him jumping up and down, <laughs> being really excited. And, yeah, and I, I would say that the character of Mo, and I, I, I did say this to somebody, I said, yeah, she's very misguided on how her relationship is with her son, but I love her. But 
God, thank you. Well, things. you know, I got to go to Burlington. I, I was shooting another show that I was doing, this decorating show last year, Make This Place Your Home, and we had to go to oh. Burlington, Vermont, shoot, and we were shooting in the marble um, mines there, and that's where Paul's from. That's where he grew up, Burlington, Vermont. Uh-huh. So I had never been there before. It was really big because I said to him, oh, my God, talk about, you know, getting to research the character because on the on the and the scripted show misguided, you know, he's from Burlington and the the mother lives still there. So uh-huh. I had never been there. You know, and normally when you play a part like that you would go to the location and, you know, you'd just kinda of check it out to see how it feels, see the energy. And I never had an right. opportunity to do that. It just happened so I was cast, we did misguided, we did episodes and I hadn't been to Burlington and then so finally I got to go before the last season that was shot and see what it's really, gosh, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, but it's way out there. You can't even get a direct, from LA to Burlington, you can't get a direct flight. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta I went through Wait. Chicago, you gotta go through. My daughter's going there actually with her husband um, next month for a wedding, same thing, connecting flights. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's big and beautiful and wonderful, but it's not like flying into a, you know, in New York or Chicago. <laughs> Way different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So my second question is, okay. besides the, dare I say, iconic storyline of BJ's death, which still makes viewers cry. I mean, come on now. Like, the BJ storyline is probably one of my top ten storylines ever in soaps. So kudos to you guys. Um, what has been a memorable storyline for you other than the BJ storyline and why? Uh, well, the BJ one, thank you for saying that. Cause I had to tell you that was from the heart, you know, and I had BJ yeah. um, at my TV daughter before I had my real life daughters. So she, you know, I had her, she brighten would color pictures for me and I put up on my refrigerator with a magnet before I ever had kids. So, you know, I, I oh. we were like very, Attached. I have a lot of emotional memories with her, so thank you for saying that about the story because that was like yeah. real stuff in there. So, um, oh gosh, I, it's hard to pick. You know, Bobby Spencer, Brock Meyer, Jones, Pasadine, almost Jack Spencer, <laughs> and in there I also had you know Scotty Baldwin and Noah Drake and Rick Springfield and and A Martinez and Asher Broner as Roy. I mean, I had a lot that Bobby didn't marry. So, I, like when you asked me that, like all these men went through my mind, like boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all the boyfriends and the husbands and the children and the <laughs> I was like I gosh I had like hmm, I, I've never I've been pretty blessed to have storylines that have been really really good um, mm-hmm. I think rather not so much a storyline but I think with, with regard to progression of character I like okay. the fact that Bobby came from, you know, real humble beginnings and a very dysfunctional family, wrong side of the tracks, um, but he was very smart and had a lot of confidence or learned how to self-confidence. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, taken from her as a child. Um, but what I like about her is she's a survivor and she's kind. And, yes, Bobby came on as, you know, the naughty girl, the bad girl, um, with an agenda, you know, going after trying to get Scotty right. from Laura, but never as an evil, never as a mean person. Her agenda was always to try and get a better life. And 
the, yeah. the quality that yeah. I, I find that I love about her that I feel I have in me that I try to give character. Um, and Doug Marlin, you know, put this in the beginning, is the, the earth mother maternal instinct of being nurse, of being a person who truly cares, who wants to take care of people, who, you know, can hold somebody's hair back when they're throwing up and really feel that she's making a difference. And paying for nursing school and getting through and getting the education and to this day staying in that profession all these years. I mean, to me, that's this is a strong, smart, intelligent woman who could have turned out, you know, not so good. Completely different. You know, because there were mm-hmm. serious problems. Uh, and yet she, I think she's had built an amazing life. And she's a great mother and she's a great partner, a great wife, a great professional. So, you know, when you look at that and all the individual stories that I've been given over the years to play have added on. It's like, you know, add on, add on, add on. You, it, like in life, you know, with every every romance, every marriage, every child, every new job, every home, all the, the big stuff that happens to us in life, we grow and we change. But hopefully it's a little better. Yeah. So I like yeah. this Bobby, it's all been for the better. And I think that's that's why no matter what storyline the writers give me, um I feel that there's a way to make it work because in life anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. Things go well, things go bad, things go sideways. People suffer great loss, you know, as we did with the BJ storyline. You got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you got to move on. You know, move it. It's all yeah. about moving forward. And I, what I love about the character is the audience has watched, our viewers, our people have watched Bobby move forward. And it's wonderful to play a, a character like that who's always moved forward and had to, had to just figure it out. Nobody was ever, you know, nobody ever really gave her anything. She had to figure it out for herself. And I think that's been a good message for women, particularly, you know, 42 years ago when I got cast in the role, it was a very different world for women than it is now. We've, we've had a lot of changes. We're still, I still in this country don't think we're a hundred percent there yet, but we're a lot closer than we were four decades ago, you know, right. with regards to equality, acceptance, uh, salary, getting paid, you know, equal to what the men are getting, getting the same respect, mm-hmm. getting the same say, you know, and Bobby's been a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering my questions and for coming on the show. And I'm going to hand it to Anthony. Okay, thank you, Candace. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Anthony. (laughs) Hey, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie from Staten Island, New York. I just, I want to start, I just want to say, I came to General Hospital. I don't want to date myself, but I came to General Hospital about the same time that Bobby did. So in my world, you're a married in aunt, uh, or Bobby's a married in aunt. She's, <laughs> she's real. She's, she's part of my extended family. Having said oh. that, we touched on diabetes earlier, which was one of my questions. So I'm going to throw out something that I'm going to throw out a really fan, fan question. Um, you've worked with some amazing, amazing people. I was wondering, since you're such a storyteller, and thank you for the stories, uh, I was wondering if you could give us a little blurb about a few people starting with uh, <laughs> Richard Simmons 
Norma, Shell, and then maybe uh, my personal favorite, I know everybody loves Bobby with Tony, but my personal favorite was Bobby and Jake, <laughs> Sam. Uh-huh. So if you can give us a little blurb about those people, we'd love it. Okay. Well, let's see. You mentioned R- Richard Simmons first. Richard's, oh, my God. I saw Richard. I met Richard when he had his exercise studio, um, you know, on, was it? Melrose, San, Little Santa Monica. I don't know, it was in Beverly Hills where I used to live, like, you know, right down the hill. And I take his classes. So to me, I, I knew who he was because I was in all those classes and he had incredible energy before he ever came on General Hospital. And he was crazy, man, Richard. Like, such energy, like all that energy that you see when he's on TV or he's doing his videos or whatever. He's like that all the time. He's like, wind him up and let him go. You know, that, that's how he was. <laughs> That wasn't like Richard just, you know, pretending to be all that energy when he was on TV. He was just like that in his classes. He was like that as a person. Um, so, yeah, he's a has very positive, very energetic, you know, credible business with, you know, his studios, with his videos, with his workout stuff. I mean, I have a lot of admiration for him. He's, he's awesome. And he was always fun to work with. And I love that we had him on GH. It was always fun to, you know, take – it was fun to take his classes off camera, and it was fun to take his classes on camera. So he was amazing. <laughs> and then Shell, you asked me about Shell Kepler, you know, played Amy. Oh, my God. Well, she was one of my closest friends in the world um, when we were – I met her on General Hospital when I first came on. She was there, already there. Um, we both lived in Malibu. So we were neighbors, um, and I, I, we were always over at her house. She was always over at my house. At the time, not only was she playing Amy Vining on GH, but she was doing her. She had a whole um, show on her QVC or her home shopping. You know, she was doing the clothes and the design and all that stuff. And, of course, I had two daughters, Cassie and Lucy, and Shell was, like, the ultimate creating, like, fairy princess dress-up clothes. Sparkle shoes, roses on things, tiaras, and you know, making stuff, hand making, custom making stuff for Cassie and Lacey when they were little. And we go over. She had a big, beautiful house. She was really good at decorating. We had a you know nice family home in Malibu, so we we spent a lot of time doing sleepovers and parties and dinner parties and clothes. And she would, my girls, she would make design dresses for them, and they would do fashion shows for her. And um, she was just terrific, and she passed way too soon, and I still miss her every day. And, um, you know, I, I was close to her dad and, her, you know, her brother and her family, and and um, that was a great, great loss when we lost Shell far too soon. Uh, but she was brilliant, and people still remember her as Amy. She made, you know, she was just incredible. Um, then you asked me about oh uh, Jake, yes, Sam Barons. Yeah. Oh my God. So Sam, <laughs> he's just like fun to work with. I love him. He's he's also a close person. You, you, you're getting there's like a theme here. They're, like, the people in my TV family are like my real life family. You know what I mean? Same thing with Sammy. I call him. called him Sammy. Um, is married to Sherry Belafonte. For those people who don't know, um, <laughs> he was you know. I, I we were together on the show before he was dating her, and then he's dating her when we were actually working together. So you know we got to know each other really well. 
Sam and I went, uh, he was flying, he was a pilot's license, he was flying at one time, I was flying out of, you know, planes, small private single engine planes. We went parachute jumping together, we learned to do that, we'd go up to California Parachute Club and jump for fun all the time, we loved it. Um, he had a motorcycle, obviously, which I love motorcycles, and I'm, you know, 105 pounds, 5'3 tall, so could never pick up a bike as big as a Harley. But my dad had motorcycles and, and flew, was a pilot, and Murray, my, you know, husband at the time, flew planes, private planes, and Sam could fly, and it was like, so to be with Sam was exciting. We used to go to Las Vegas a lot, you know, on our off times, and, you know, he would fly, and we had so much fun together. We just, so much fun. Sam looks a lot like my uh, father of my children, Glenn Gordon, who was my husband. They look very, very much alike. Like if you were casting a movie, both of them could be interchangeable as the actor getting the role. And um, <laughs> one time we were in a hotel, <laughs> hotel where I was with my real life husband and my kids and I don't know what city we were in. I used to do like a lot of PAs and the the Glenn was in the shower, and um, the room service, you know, guy knocked on the food was coming up for the kids, and I answered the door, and I had like curlers in my hair, no makeup on, and like you know some like, house coat or whatever, and um, he he comes in and and he sees Glenn comes out of the shower and says, oh room service, Leo, let me get that for you, and the guy thinks it's Sam. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, can I have your autograph? Oh my god. And, and Glenn says, no, 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 you don't want me. I'm not who you think I am. She's the one you want. And I listen, he goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> we were so uh, I love, I love, you know, I love Sam. He's great. He's a joy to work with. I haven't actually seen him in a, in a while. Um, they don't live in, you know, here in L.A. anymore. But we, I used to see him once a year. Every year we would get invited to a mutual party <laughs> that we, he and Sherry would come to that I would go to um, at, a, at a friend's house. But I haven't seen him in a couple of years now. Um, but he was a joy to work with. I love those storylines. Love those. And incidentally, that dress that when, when Jake and Bobby got married on GH, um, the dress that Bob Miller, who was amazing, uh, that he designed for me. Nancy Reagan, uh, when she was in the White House, used to watch General Hospital. I knew that because I got invited to the White House. And um, she, her people called um, our Bob Miller, who was our designer, and asked to, if she could borrow my dress, my wedding dress, to on TV dress to Sam to Jake on the show to wear to the Easter Seals Ball in. Washington D.C. and Bob Miller said oh. to her assistant, I mean, she didn't personally call it. One of her assistants called, but said, "Well, I, I, it won't fit her. I think she, you know, I don't think they're going to be the same. But I'm happy to design her the same dress in her size. If you just want to send me some measurements. I don't know whatever happened with that, but the, he he did say to me, he said, Jackie, you know, Nancy Reagan likes your dress. She wants to show she wanted to borrow it for the thing. And I thought, oh God, because it's oh. so. There's a little tidbit. <laughs> Norma Ruby. Norma, oh, oh my God, Norma. Well, when Norma came, first time I met Norma, I didn't know her before she was cast. They read about five women, tested five, like they 
read a lot of people before. They have, like I ever read with them, but I ended up reading or testing with five different women, and Norma was one of them. She was incredible. She came on the set. We did the scene. We had run it. I always run scenes like if I'm going to test with somebody at the green room because I think people are really nervous when they come in for tests. And if you run it with them a couple of times, at least they can, they've had a chance to say the words, you know, look at your face and say the words. It makes it easier and makes the test better. So I met her for like, you know, 10 minutes in the green room when we ran the lines and then we get up. She was amazing. Well, obviously she's an actress because she was a mature woman when she got the part. Um, she brought such warmth. To that character, I remember, and I don't remember all of the women that tested, but I remember like two or three of the other women that tested. And the part could have gone a lot of ways because she was playing a madam. She was playing Aunt Ruby. She was playing the woman who had Bobby at 14 and 15 working as a hooker in her whorehouse. That's a complicated role, you know. And Norma brought such warmth to the role. Like she was down to earth, had an opinion strong-willed, but not cold and not smarmy and not mean. She was classy and she was like, she just, she shined like a light unbelievable. And I knew after we tested that she was going to get the part. And I remember going to the and say, Can, we, we all agree on who this is, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's Norma, of course. She's getting the offer. And she uh-huh. came up and Norma and I became friends. And her husband, you know, Howard Rodman, a famous writer and you know was was writing like a lot of shows on tv they had um harry o was one of his shows and their dog their german shepherd dog i love german shepherds i have german shepherds they lived in a big house in hancock park and i would always go over there with harry o the dog and hang out with her and you know her her uh, son adam is also a writer uh, was there all the time and she would invite me over she became like my real life aunt ruby because I lived in California, and my whole family was back in New Jersey. So we didn't get, like, we would get only Thanksgiving Day off. We never got Friday off. So I never got home for Thanksgiving. And I was single in those days, you know, living. She would invite me over. I would be invited to her Thanksgiving dinners. I'd be invited to all the holidays, go to her house. Um, and she liked Mame's Zone. Mame's Zone used to be Wolfgang Puck's restaurant. You know, it was like a big, nice place to go. Um, and it was kind of famous yeah. at the time. And if we'd go to lunch, we'd go to mommy. I always remember that. So I love Norma. I love Norma. And when she passed, I was like, you know, mm. she was like real family, real family for me. And always will be in my heart. Well, Jackie, I could ask yeah. you a million questions, but you have answered and been so generous with your stories. I just want to yeah, close yeah. out by thanking you. And um, like she's your Aunt Ruby, you've become our Aunt Bobby or our Aunt Jackie. Yep. And thank you so yes, much you have. for sharing yep. your stories thank with us you. and coming on this evening. And You're hopefully welcome. you are on another blessed 20 years of General Hospital, yeah. the longest running. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. From my heart, I, I, uh, I really appreciate that. And I've been you want to tell us for what you've done to the, for daytime? Yeah. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and um, any personal message you want to say to the listeners? So fans who oh, love you wow. for 40 plus years. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll see on, on Twitter, I'm at Jackie Zeman, 
J-A-C-K-I-E Demon, D-E-M-A-N. On Instagram, I'm Jacqueline Demon, um, J-A-C-K-L-Y-N Demon. Um, and yeah, I love I love uh, when people get on and give me their opinions or give me their comments because it's like, I like that personal interaction. And I, I guess what I just want to say to anybody who's been listening or has been, you know listening to this show and watching me on any of my shows over the years thank you because you know I know in this business I wouldn't have a job if it weren't for the audience appreciation it's you know nowadays especially there's a lot of people that you know want to get in acting want to be on a show and we are all replaceable you know what I mean so the fact that I, I've been able to stay on General Hospital and get invited back every year and get cast on, you know, the bag, get cast on misguided and get to do other things is because there are people that are out there that are saying nice things, they're enjoying the shows and that have had, a, right. you know, are being very positive about, you know, about my uh, existence. And I, from the bottom of my heart, I, I really appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tonight. Thank you, for thank you so much. From Lana okay, to Bobby everybody. to the Bay to Misguided, thank you for everything that you do. <laughs> Have a happy weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that one goes down as one for the books. Yep. The incomparable, yeah, iconic. Yeah. And what a storyteller. Carolyn, you hit the nail on the head with, with that question. I wish she would write a book, even if she did a Jackie Collins style and changed all the names mm-hmm. and fudged some yes. of the situations. <laughs> yeah. What a book that would be. Yep. For sure. I'm still well, over here. Very high energy. She's a dynamo, for sure. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, okay. it has been a very interesting week in the soap world. There's some <laughs> sad news. <laughs> some sad news that we all saw coming. I mean, we didn't need uh, we didn't need to tune in soap opera style to to kind of guess that the role of Drew Kane, the time with the incomparable himself, Mr. Billy Miller, is oh. going to end on GH. Just when it looks like they're actually giving him a juicy storyline to play. Um, isn't that always the way? <laughs> did you guys not know did you guys not know it was it was coming or Oh we can, I, it is, I, I don't I like to, to believe anything before I actually uh, see it. Okay, okay. Okay. See see Dave, you're so sweet, you're so nice. I'm gonna say <laughs> I But I wasn't I was, listening I, to daytime confidential either, so well, here's the thing. You didn't even you didn't even have to. I'm gonna be honest, like for real, for real. I think we all knew that there was a time, like a, a countdown, when they swapped his character. When they said he was yeah. no longer gonna play Jason and he was gonna play Drew, that's when you know the. I mean, let's be real. The clock That's started. when we all yep. kind of fit. Yeah, and not only that, but in the last couple of years, they've removed him. From the people that he was working with, you know, Maurice, right, yeah. Laura, Laura, Becky, and all of them, and they pretty much put him in on, on his own island. They never really followed through with the story that was promised to the fans. Yeah. Must be real. Yeah. They they kind of tiptoed around the character's purpose, and it's kind of like 
you know, what was he supposed to do? Um, I I want to I want to stroll down memory lane for a second, and when he came way, you on, can't, Drew can't. <laughs> right? When he came mm-hmm. on Canvas, it was it was a fifty fifty divide. Three time day, three time daytime Emmy winner. I mean, powerhouse over on the Young and the Restless. To get him uh-huh. was a score, a coupe. To come on as as a character who didn't know who he was, but was rumored to be Jason and ultimately became Jason, the fans were 50-50. They didn't want that. Or, right. a, a, you know, a high number of fans didn't want that. Two years later, everybody was loving him as Jason. Everybody yep. had his own role. He had taken it to his own his own, own level, his own beat. And then they threw you know, the storyline twist in, and I don't regret that they brought back, I don't regret that they brought back Steve Burton, but the drama, the, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Triangle, but the drama that could have been played out with that Triangle would have been epic. Miss Boat. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it, it, on a son it, it, to salve, it, you know, to salvage that was great, and we got some really emotional Oscar stuff. But, you know, all the relationships, like Candace just said, all the relationships that had been formed were basically thrown down the garbage disposal, turned on, and ran a little bit of water, and it was done. And with a powerhouse actor like Billy Miller, there were so many opportunities that were missed. And I'd like to personally say right now, and he's able to Mr. Do Miller, it wherever, and he was able yeah. to do it. Wherever you end up, Mr. Miller, we are all going to be following you. And unfortunately, you'll be sadly missed. Yes. Apple TV You'll... this fall, baby. Apple TV. <laughs> well, I'm there. Oh, you guys, uh, all all the past years, and uh, I heard Billy Miller, Billy Miller, and I when this came out, I said, "Wow, what's what's that about?" So that's that's I think, that's odd. I, <laughs> I, I mean, here's the here's the okay. I'm gonna speak on my on my on you know about my behalf about this. Is that. Seeing how far Billy Miller has come, I mean, I remember him as Richie on All My Children. I followed uh, him over to, you know, Young and the Rustless, you know, to even before that when he was on Ringer on the CW, when he was doing primetime, going back and forth from daytime to primetime. And when he, when his decision to leave Young and the Rustless happened, it was a shock because in my eyesight, he owned that character. He really owned that character. I mean, three-time Emmy Award winner, you know, and yeah. the fact that he, you know, okay. he acted against Eric Braden, Peter Bergman, you know, Joshua Morrow, and for him to come over to General Hospital, it was like, okay, well, who is he going to play? Because at first, I thought he was going to play Lucky. To be honest with you, I did. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, he's going to be with Tony Geary. Like, oh, yeah, come on. When they put out that promo, Anthony, do you remember that promo? A different side of me. Billy Miller will come on as Jason. It's a new side of Jason, you know, General Hospital. I'm like, oh, dear God. They just <laughs> messed with the fans. Because, look, we look, soap Twitter is soap Twitter. And you know that people have their picks, you know. <laughs> and... The thing is, is that, and you know, here take two. I, I believe that we can keep it real. We can keep it honest here. Um, the thing is, is that people didn't want the role of Jason to be recast at all nope. because that was such an iconic character. I just want to yeah. say this a couple of times because I've seen a lot of people. 
Steve Burton and Billy Miller worked together on Young and Restless, and they worked fine. Okay. Um, they were. Obviously, when you recast a role like a Jason, of course, there's going to be mixed emotions, especially if they're not going to play the character the way you remember it. I yep. credit Billy Miller and the writers for changing Jason and actually making him the character that I wanted him to be. He evolved into a person who put the mob stuff second and put his family first. That's why the triangle with Sam, Drew, would've and worked. Jason, and yet it would have worked because you would have had Sam conflicted. She was conflicted with the man that she fell in love with versus the man who actually kept his promise and made her feel safe. In, in a situation of he put her first and the children, like they actually had a sort of, dare I say, normal life. You know, who's, yeah. who, what life does Sam want? You know, you have, like, there were so many opportunities, and they didn't do it. The only thing I will credit the show for keeping was Drew's relationship with Monica. Yes. Mm-hmm. David, like, any thoughts? Uh, I was, I would have liked to have seen that triangle play out. And um, I would have liked to see more. I think the Shiloh stuff could have been added a little earlier. Earlier. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, except not just right now where he's about to go off. He should have been and of in course that, they're resurrecting, should have been in that mix think. from the beginning. Yeah. Anyway, and, you know, and when Sam was going through everything with Shiloh, whether they were in love or not anymore, the character of Drew would still have had enough love to be like, whoa, what is he doing to my baby mama? Um, you know, the fact that he was just completely ghost in that story really did not sit well with me personally, but with, with a huge portion of the fan base. Mm-hmm. And now, as we saw in the last two days, they're resurrecting the twin storyline as well. Um, you know, to kind of put a full circle moment, I guess, on all this, which, you know, uh, dare I say, and you know this is my show, everybody that listens to our show knows, three years old, I started watching with my grandma, you know, dare I say, a little too little, a lot too late. Let me ask this question. Was it his choice to leave? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So any word, any word on where he's going? He only signed a one-year contract from what he's, I heard. He's, oh, okay. he, well, he, ha, he has a show coming out later on this year um, on Apple TV, um, oh. which, you know, okay, if, if we're going to be really honest, even fans knew, I mean, it was, if you watch his scenes on the show, he, there's a huge difference between the first two years he was on versus yes. the last two years that he's been on. Yep. And the nickname that everybody gave Billy Miller was Killer Miller because he would kill those yes, things. I remember like, that. he had this intensity that would just rock your world. Like, you'd be like, damn, okay? You have not seen that in a very long time. And it's sad because it's like what everybody is saying. There were so many opportunities the twin storyline could have been told how come we haven't gotten his memories back explore that 
you know, it's like now all of a sudden, like Anthony, like all of a sudden saying, you wait till now to tell the story with Shiloh and Drew? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, this was supposed to be like Frank Valentine, and I got the, I remember the tweet because I kept it. His direct quote was, this was going to be the umbrella story for General yep. Hospital. I remember mm. that. That yep. is going and that to turned out to be an umbrella everybody. that is all kinds of torn. Torn and shredded more, umbrella. It was mm. more It was more so about Drew and Franco's relationship versus Jason and Drew's relationship. And that's where it just, it was a lot of, of it was it was all over the place and you know and it's sad because the fans who may not have known what he was capable of will not know but for us who've well, seen him we know what he's capable of you know what we got sneak mm-hmm. peeks of it on general hospital let's let's give homage to first off you just said it the scenes between him and franco in the basement and then the aftermath yeah. of that, we got pure killer Miller. When the secret finally came out between Liz and and you know Jason at the time, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we saw yeah. killer Miller. Um, I think we saw glimpses of it between him and Kim in the aftermath of of Oscar. But Oscar stuff. Yeah. 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 We did see killer Miller. Um, and so you know to put a to put a wonderful footnote on all of this. You I'm know, we you, will Billy. be, we're going to miss you, and we will be following you to Apple TV. In other so wonderful news, instead of some sad news, let's go some wonderful news. Yes, let's go to Queen happy news. Queen girl, Queen girl, what is your days of our lives doing, and where are they flying us? What exotic location would they like us to, um, you know, spend some quality sands through the hourglass time? Carolyn? Tell us, tell in, our listeners. In, yeah, in Paris. Paris. <laughs> ooh la la. Yeah, ooh, ooh la la. la is right. And the basis of this is. <laughs> Carolyn? You take it away. You take it away, Anthony. <laughs> okay, well, for those of, you, those of you who are Days of Our Lives fans, and those of you who might not be, who are interested in something that Ashoka is doing for the first time online, right. they are launching. Yeah a digital companion series, two of the show's most prominent characters left a while back. They needed to get away from the drama and, um, you know, the continually popping up from the dead people up in Salem. So they decided <laughs> to take their little family um, and, and their multiple personalities across the pond over to Gay Shay Paris. And at that point in time, uh, I don't know if it was a red herring or not, but they led us all to believe that, you know, we wouldn't be seeing Chad and Abigail and um, the babies for quite some time, if possibly ever. But the show did a really good job of keeping them and us in the loop via phone calls and email drops and so on and so forth. And it has been announced, it was announced a while ago that they were coming back to Days of Our Lives, the canvas itself. But it was just announced that we're going to get to see what Chad and Abby and the family um, maybe they'll run into Taylor uh, from from Bold and the Beautiful, but maybe not. Um, you, never, you, never know. Know. you never know. We're gonna get to yeah, see what like they were doing in Paris. Digital, digital, and a digital companion series on NBC.com. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. Well, actually, let me let me backtrack that. 
So is it's, it on the it's right app? now it's, it's on the Days app. It's the first three episodes. The rest of the episodes will be uh, released in the next couple of weeks. After the, it's been released on the apps, within like six to eight couple of days or something, it will be released on NBC.com as well as, uh, shoot, I've got the other website, so people can watch. So right now it's on the app for, for those, the first three episodes. It was released earlier this morning because it was supposed to be released at midnight, and it wasn't. It was released at 7 o'clock this morning because, you know, somebody on this show was waiting to see it. And yeah, <laughs> and I saw it, and and kudos. They want you know to see gotta, how they, yeah, they want to see how well it's going to be received, and they're not going to, you know, put their neck out there too far. So, but I, I think it's a great, great move. It's a great move. BBS, yeah, I have been saying this for years that they need a digital, even if it's outtakes or extending scenes from the day's episodes, that they needed to do more digital content to rope in. And the stuff that they can't show online, some steamy love in the afternoon making scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Keep up with the time. Keep up with the time. Yeah. So kudos, kudos, kudos to Ken Corday. Caroline, have you seen it? Caroline, have you seen it yet? No, no. No. Oh, you need. Oh, I binge watched it. I saw it. It's 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 not too long either. It's only like eight to ten minutes, but it 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 leaves you wanting more. And if it's going where I think it's going at, if it's going where I think the storyline is, because I ain't telling nobody nothing, I want everybody to watch it. I will be extremely invested even more if they bring it. To when they come back to date, like fully on days. Okay. So how do, how, do the fans, think, how, do, how do the fans um, um, get it? How, just so far. To the, yeah, so, you, to the, so basically you go to uh, to the Days app. So if you got Apple or Google Play, go and download the Days app. As soon as you hit okay. the, as soon as you get the Days app, you know, download it onto your um, streaming or you know wherever you're gonna watch it, your phone, your tablet, or anything. The first screen it says original shows. It's gonna be on the main page because this is big, you know, and whatnot. So right. you get to see the promos, right. you get to see the behind the scenes, um, you get to see some crazy videos that Billy and Kate posted, and then you get the first three episodes of the okay. show and. And I must also um, say that special guest star is Austin Peck. <laughs> yes! Oh, okay. Yes! It's enough yeah. Well, a quote from Ron himself that I can drop here on the show is that what you will see in this is going to have a direct impact on the canvas when they do make it back to Salem. Okay. And that is a direct quote. Yeah. So, it's not wasted energy like, oh, what were they doing in Paris? I don't really care. No, 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 baby. You don't care. Go watch. Please, please. what they're setting up right now, I'm not saying nothing, but if it's, if it, now that it's, now that you said that, I'm hoping for the simple fact is that it would blow fans' minds. It will blow their minds. Well, that's, yeah, that's what the fans, fans need. Yeah, the fan, that's what the fans need. We need some some excitement, and I think this is going to do it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is you know, you said about CBS and ABC, and and you know, I saw somebody tweet about saying this was kind of the first, and I was like, 
Well, I mean, directly, show-wise, yes. But CBS did a couple of years ago, I'm not, you know, I'm going to say this, that when, like, even Passions and them, they was trying to do it, but it wasn't the right time. You know what I mean? Now, we're in in such a digital world now that this actually makes sense. This is actually an experiment, too, if you think about it, because if this goes, and I know a lot of fans have something to say because of who they pick, and I'm like, get over yourself. Um, Because, look, a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, it was supposed to be Sammy and EJ with their spinoff. So I'm just saying. Um, Anyway, but for them to show this couple who, again, you know, went away and everything and and now coming back, this this goes hand in hand. I think this is a huge investment uh, from Sony, who gave some money, uh, the Corday Productions, Greg Mean, and all of them. This is an experiment because, you know, if this works, then somebody else is going to get it, you know, get some sh- a digital uh, 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 a show. You know, um, I said the next person should get it is Ben going to therapy. Can you imagine the therapy right. sessions with Ben and Marlena? Yeah. Like we can see on the show, yeah. you know, Sierra, who's going to be working. Yes, I said it. I want my homegirl to be working now. Um, saying, where are you going at? And Ben <laughs> said, I'm going to go to therapy. And so we see like six to eight episodes of him. Confining in Marlena his fears, you know, like we don't have to get the whole scenes on the show. Like, like Anthony said, you know, this is an experiment because, you know, also one day mm, we might be in this position again, like we were a couple of years ago with Prosper Park. Not saying it's going to happen like Prosper Park, but, you know, like having the network subs go over to digital. So this is, I'm invested. I'm excited. (laughs) Good job, Dave. I am too. Good Good job, Dave. Yep. And I'll sure. say real quick, let's, let's give the let's give the ABC Devils their due. They have definitely experimented over the years, aka Night Shift, um, yes. which was yes. you know a huge undertaking at the time, and it did it did relatively well, and we were really invested. They they knew how to weave those storylines into the main canvas without beating us over the head. They were two separate shows that worked really well with each other. So ABC, if, if if you love general I mean, that the way a, we do, pay attention yeah. to NBC because they are on the mark right now. Yeah. I mean, they can do it. I, I mean, I get the fear because a lot of people, like, with the days, you know, with this, a lot of people say, well, how how can I watch it? The only, the only thing that I will say is this, is that um, – I do wish that they would have posted it on NBC.com or the YouTube channel because a lot of people cannot get the app. Oh, so really? it's kind of like, yeah, there's mm-hmm. people like in Australia and Canada, like it's limited. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, there's certain, there's like certain um, places anything. that. Well, right, they, are like, it, they are releasing it to the NBC, um, the NBC.com website in a couple of days. But, you know, some people want to be first, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and yeah. and it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it's like, all right, you know, everybody's talking about it. I have to wait. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I look at it as this. Either way, you're watching it. And either way, you know, you're going to, I mean, look, there's going to be somebody that probably le- leaks it out on social media beforehand. So, you know, you'll, you'll be able to watch it, but. It's good. Yeah. The set is beautiful. Billy Flynn, oh my God, he's gotten hotter. I mean, um, I mean, uh, uh, he's gotten professional. I mean, he's got um, well, screw it, he's hot. What else can I say? Austin Peck, hot. 
Carolyn is hot right now. Carolyn, are you hot right now? Oh, no. And, <laughs> well, I am. And that's the best part. No commercials. <laughs> that's the best part, obviously. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's just so refreshing to see Billy Flint and Austin. But I'm actually dead serious about this. The 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 lighting, the set, everything just brings it all together. It's like you're really watching a. It's actually a well crafted digital series, to be honest with you. And okay. you know how on days, you know, the lighting doesn't always compliment yes. some people. Oh, the lighting compliments <laughs> them. The lighting compliments everything it's like seriously and i jo- i was like seriously joking but then i was like you know what screw it sony gave money to this okay here's here's what you do this and you're promoting it so great and it's beautiful and it's oh my god this i'm excited can you tell i'm excited about yeah. this and i can't i can't this experiment oh my god please let it work please please let it work yeah and the dark, the darkness. Well, uh, well, I thought it was my cataract. <laughs> I'm gonna and I think all, I think all the shows Wait, should um, take uh, follow suit if they can. They probably yeah, absolutely. Will, Sony, Sony mm-hmm. owns them, right? Yeah. So Sony, Sony the owns Dave, and Sony yeah. owns Young and Rockless. That's why. That's why I'm making oh. a point because you know they always say that you know one of the shows is the favorite. And the other one doesn't get anything. Well, I am here to tell you, folks. Sony gave we got it. Days <laughs> some money for the beautiful set. Because I even tweeted Greg Mean, Ryan Quad, and Ron Calvati and asked for a picture of it so I could turn my studio into it. Because that was like, Thank yes. you, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes, no. Like, fans to the hourglass, let's stay with days of our lives and discuss what Twitter and the rest of the soap world is blowing up about, and that is the battle of the Mrs. Damaris. Where is Sammy? Where is Sammy? Where is Sammy? And I'll be turning into V.C. Andrews Gothic with, um, shall I say, a possible incest, um, campy almost storyline. And social media is blowing up over this. Well, okay. Tony was adopted, so. And Kristen, well, they were both adopted. So there's no blood Mm -hmm. tie there. No, again, like I said, almost incest. But Tony said it yesterday perfectly (laughs) when he said, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> I think that was perfect to highlight, like, that we're all thinking to ourselves, yuck. But the Battle of the Mrs. Damaris? Oh, child. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Gabby and Salem Queen. And Nicole. <laughs> Carolyn? Oh, man. Yeah, she's Carolyn, you there? Yeah, she's coming back with a bang. My uh, battery's dying. I have to go in the other room. Bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Well, we're waiting for Carolyn's take. I will definitely say I, like a lot of other fans, are like, pay Allison Sweeney whatever you have got to pay her. And have her swoop on in and say, Damara who? Damara what? I'm Mrs. Damara, baby. Yes. No, it's it's just all exciting. It's all exciting. You guys, we only hmm. have like how many minutes left, David? So we we have to kind of keep moving, don't we? Oh, yeah, we all have, right. Well, then we, it's eight thirty-five. Yeah, okay. so we've got to talk about the other big elephant in the soap world, and that's yeah. happening out in L.A. A storyline that has infuriated fans, that has excited fans, that have had fans shaking their heads saying, "What the who the what?" has now uh-huh. exploded. It is now hit mass ground zero. Baby, best baby, Phoebe, Hope, Steffi, Liam, and everybody on the campus who's been saying, should we tell Hope? Maybe we shouldn't tell Hope. Maybe we should tell Hope. It has exploded. Candace, baby, go. I know you got stuff to say. Go, girl. (laughs) Oh, wait, can I say something first? Okay. I just want to, I just said, that little boy is such a scene stealer. Oh my God! Yeah. I don't know where they uh, where do they find these little boys. He is the cutest little boy. I'm I say this about every little kid that comes on the soap. But what what do they say in the Bible? And a child shall lead us. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Woo. Okay. All right, Candice. Roll with it, baby. Let me just say this. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people, like you said, had something to say about this storyline. But even including us, I was like, I was about to tap out. But I was like, you know, something is holding me. It's a Lifetime movie. It's a Lifetime movie. When I say <laughs> that that Brad Bell, say what you want about this man, but here's the thing. He kept it the way that it's supposed to be. The payoff is so worth this. It is like it took us a, close to a year to get here. But now we're starting to see the payoff. We're seeing Liam. Heads off. Kudos to Scott Clifton, by the way. Right. Because he he had felt if you if you've been watching the story, he's been feeling like an inkling to that child, and he didn't understand why he felt a connection to that child. Okay. But he has been in that child's life, and now like now that Douglas, because who really thought that Douglas was going to be the one to say something, you know. You did out the mouths of babes. That's all I got to say, out the mouths of babes. So, you know, you have this, and now the next, oh, my God, is going to be Stassi and Hope's reaction. And today, if you watch, spoiler alert, if you didn't, oh, Flow Snitch. I didn't yet. Oh, well, I'm just saying sorry. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Go ahead, because I will right after this show. Okay. The truth has came now come down. It yep. came out flowing. The flow has been ru- has been running, and this yep. is where it's about to get good because now you have flow admitting, you know, to it why it's gonna like this is a domino effect, and this is why as a soap viewer, I'd rather for it to happen now than a couple of weeks, you know, like after you know the babies were switched, and then a couple of weeks later everybody come by y'all and find it out. It's the wait. You have to go through the bad, the ugly to get to that. This is a traditional. This is how you tell a traditional baby swap storyline. 
if you look at all the other soaps that have done it, they're taking years. They've taken months. This was so good because now you have everybody emotionally invested in this child and these kids, okay? Because, oh, wait, oh, wait, there's a twist. There is a twist with another child if we're going to go by the rule book. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm going to feel, I feel for Stephanie and Hope because they were victims. When I tell you, I already tweeted it out. Anika Noel. Jacqueline M. Wood, Scott Clifton, um, what, uh, what is the one that plays Thomas? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Matthew Atkins, I think that's his name. The boy yeah, who Matthew plays Atkins. The girl, the girl who plays Flo. For your Emmy consideration. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, for your, for your Emmy consideration, uh, Bold and Beautiful, best writing, best show. And I will say that because, like I said, I know this is a show I know we have limited on time real quick. This is the show that will make fans irritated, but then, bam, it's like, what did, what just happened? A soap opera just happened, folks. A soap opera. Well, <laughs> to, keep, to keep the time moving, I would like to extend this. Uh, Frank and the powers that be, Chris and everybody over at ABC, and, and I think that's where we're going next, this is what yeah, is the definition of an umbrella, uh, umbrella. storyline really is. Yes, we had a little lull for about a month or so where just about everybody was saying, should we tell us, should we not tell us? Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. But the payoff, like Candace said, this is the definition. It is now going to be in Webster's Dictionary. This storyline is the definition of an umbrella storyline. Having said all that, Which one? let's move yep. over to Port Charles. And talk about the Aww. highlights of what's going on over there. <laughs> okay. They're getting Newswise, a new co-head writer. Yeah, we knew <laughs> about this in May and June about about Shelly Altman leaving General Hospital back and before summer started. I'm just saying you know, it wasn't it wasn't exclusive. I mean, it wasn't exclusive. I mean, we all knew. I actually we knew on June 12, 2019, actually at 7:57 p.m that uh, Shelly Altman uh, was leaving, you know, quote, unquote, wait a minute, let me get it right, retiring from General Hospital to <laughs> pursue um, happiness. And, 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 you know, you guys go ahead, because I got so much to say about this, and I, 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 I know I talk a lot, but I, I'm really heated about this. So you okay. guys go ahead, because I'm heated. Mama always told you- me if, if, you know, I don't have anything nice to say. So what I'm going to say is God bless Shelly and all your future endeavors. And I hope you find peace in the Dalai Lama. And thank you for all your wonderful service to General Hospital and the other soaps that you've trashed. I mean, that you've worked on um, in the past. And thank you for your service and have fun with the Dalai Lama. David? <laughs> um, it's, um, it's almost bittersweet. And they, oh, you're so um, nice. Uh-huh. You're yeah, so it nice. is. <laughs> <laughs> See, why do I? Why do I, I have to be the one to be the to to be the one that's gonna go off? Okay, go did ahead, you David. all? Did you all? I can't. I I just well. One what? Yeah, I I don't want to sound one because I'm not a writer per se. I so I'm that. not one, and I can't really comment on what. I don't really know. I just know what I like and what okay. I've seen. You know what? 
and I'm not going to go off. I'm going to actually congratulate General Hospital for a couple of beats. The first beat being, okay, you have Anna off screen, but you have her still involved in a storyline, and you're setting up the fall, the fall major, let's call it an umbrella, let's, let's, let's be optimistic and call it an umbrella storyline. You're setting that up really well. You brought back Rebecca Buttick with amongst a, a almost bold and beautiful, shocking kind of moment, and you played those beats out really well. You now are returning to two, two separate storylines that the fans were unhappy with the dangling non-resolution of those stories, and we honestly thought we're never going to hear from them again. So kudos to you for listening, paying attention, and giving us full circle closure on, or hopefully it will be full circle closure, on those storylines. Thank you for finally giving us Liz and Franco's wedding. Um, yeah. What else? You know, there's a bunch of things that they are doing right. And so I, I have to believe that there are people that are listening to this show and certain other shows out there that have been saying for a while that they were floundering and we, we had no idea what directions they were going with with a bunch of characters. I also have to congratulate Cynthia Watchers, who stepped into a role quickly and mm-hmm. has taken, like Billy Miller, um, has taken that role and just, took it and said, She's okay, this it. is my Nina. This is my Nina. And she is she's irresistible to watch. Um, you know, yeah. there's not a lot of drama yet, but you can see it. You can feel it. It's brewing. And so I'm going to congratulate rather than rather than point out some mistakes from a head writer, a uh, co-head writer who is going to play with the Zalama. Go ahead, Kansas. I'll see. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, real quick, I'm going to actually say that, Shelly Altman, I am going to miss you because I know what you were capable of, and I really wish that you would have got more of a fair chance. Um, congratulations to the new co-head writer, even though I really wish that it was uh, Kate Hall. Um, <clears throat> just saying. Um, mm-hmm. um, kudos, kudos to Rebecca Hertz, who is celebrating 22 years today on General Hospital as Elizabeth Weber. Oh, yeah. Um, and she uh, made it. And she made it to the fan event. Yes, she did, which was a pleasant surprise for a lot of fans. Um, kudos for bringing in a team set because Lord knows, if anything, I've been the one who's been complaining the most that General Hospital needs a team set, and I like who we have in the team set right now, and I can't wait to see their adventures, relationships, and romance. Um, Mark Lawson, thank you, General Hospital. I was waiting for this. More eye candy. Thank you. And, yes, I would say that even though Mark Lawson could have been a great Lucky, he could have been a Dante, I will take him as a new character as long as my girl, Emmy Riley, a.k.a. Lulu, gets some screen time. Amen. Um, and he's a teacher. Yeah. And he's a teacher, girl. Oh,
Why is she there? <laughs> I, I just asked the forefront. I figured that. Okay. Um, I, 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 and again, um, I'm just saying this just because, um, you know, Trina's Trina could actually be somebody else's other than Curtis because if that's what they're setting up, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I also want to can't she be a ward? General Hospital for tackling diabetes, tackling a yeah. pro- of you know a problematic pregnancy, and for telling a storyline where two working people who do not have rich relatives are now worried about having to pay hospital bills. I feel as though General Hospital has done that before because remember when Elizabeth, when Elizabeth and Lucky was struggling and surviving, and they was, and that's when Elizabeth decided to be a surrogate for Jax, and because they for needed real? money for bills. I would like to see. To be honest, I give General Hospital kudos for actually tackling bill issues, but I want them to really go there, like have somebody get get that eviction notice, or have you know what I'm saying, like. You know, with medical bills, it's like, okay, Drew decided that he was going to pay. Like, some people don't have that. So let's really go, like, student loans. TJ. Wait, is TJ? No, TJ's out of school. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot have, about that. TJ said he was going to be out of school. Have Epiphany's building being bought by some condo association, and suddenly she's got the pink eviction slip. That'd be yeah. uh-huh. to tell. Oh, and General Hospital, one thing I'm not happy about. Don't be telling us that Milo is in some competition where he's going to go shirtless and be showing off and tell us about it and not have some kind of scene where Epiphany and the nurses, including Franco, because you know he would enjoy that even though he wouldn't be looking, looking, or not in the audience rooting along Magic Milo. You will drop something like that and then not show us even a flash. Come on. I just need Chase to be shirtless. I need Chase to be shirtless. Before before uh, uh, summer's over with. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, since we're on a time constraint, let's hop over real quick to Genoa City. David, take what? it away. Fill us in on what's been going on in the last two weeks. Um, well, let me see. Um, we have a custody case going on where both fathers have been denied in Victoria the sister is um, temporary custodian we have what is the beginning of a quadrangle in my eyes with Devon and Elena and Abby and Nate in my eyes because it looks like Abby and Nate are sparking a little too quickly. So I think there's more to come there. Oh, and what needs to come is that they do a switcheroo. Partner A with partner B and partner C and partner D. Switch up. Go ahead. (laughs) And, well, that's how I I got on it. That's seems to be going on right now. I mean, we got, we are losing a couple, Anthony, aren't we? At least two, either recurring or off. We are, and from what, from what CBS Insider saying, 
the Victor storyline is going to ramp up mid-August and play all the way out through November sweeps. Um, I have a feeling that Adam is going to play a significant part in that storyline. Candice, go. What are you loving, hating? What's going on in Genoa City? What I'm loving is um, Phyllis. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's about it. Now ask, now ask me the other question. What I dislike right now. What am I disliking right now? Please ask me that question so I can go ahead and just. And you know this, and it's funny because I got a lot of people saying this. They was like, Candace, you you really, you know, you you're young and Russell's like quote unquote top fan. Like for you just to feel this way, and I said I'm a fan. I've been watching since I literally came out of my mama's stomach. So it's some things that's on the show that. I'm just, like, not 110% on. Now, granted, I like Mark Grossman, who plays Adam. I think he's done a fantastic job. But yeah. it's now become it's now become the as, as the Adam turns um, because it's every single day. And I understand that's your, quote, unquote, umbrella story of Adam's return. But it's too much. And, and I don't feel like going back in time. I, I, I'm sorry. I've moved on from 2009, 2013. I've grown. Chelsea's no saint, okay? I just want to let everybody know that. She's no saint. Nick and Chelsea was not each other's loves of their lives. No, 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 no. You know, I need a reason for Adam to acting this way about his son. When Nick has been the only father figure that boy has ever known. And, yeah, it is karma for what Nick did to Sharon and Dylan, all those years ago, but at the same time, it's like um, mm, what they've done to Sharon is just so sad. Sad. It's it's like, uh, did you really take a straw to her brain and suck all the intelligence out of her? I'm just asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> let's see. Michael, <laughs> I mean, but no, it's like, literally, I'm watching Young and the Rosses, and I'm thinking, like, okay, you know, kudos for the fact that I'm getting to see more of Michael Baldwin. I just don't like the fact that we're going backwards. Like, I get it. For a certain time frame, he didn't really have that edge. But now he's getting to that that darkness that is going to make me question, are they going to break up Lauren and Michael? Um, well, I mean, it looks like the writing's on the wall. They're pushing Michael towards Phyllis, and they're pushing Lauren towards towards Jack. No, I think no, I think what it is, in my opinion, like I thought, I thought about this at first. I was like, you know, G- um, Michelle and Mark have the same kind of chemistry that Gina and Jason had. Okay, yeah. So I was, I was thinking Phyllis and Adam. Okay. But then I thought about it. I was like, Mm-mm, no, 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 they're not going to do that because I think they're going to do the Sharon, Adam, Nick, and Chelsea quad. Obviously, because, you know, Sharon and Ray are now, eh, eh, eh. So, <laughs> now you got, where is Ray going to go at? I mean, he could go underneath Phyllis. Thank you. I'll be here all, night, all week. Um, but then I was thinking Whoa. about Michael. I'm like, okay, he's he's turning into darkness again. He's going into that. And him and Lauren have been the most stable couple on the show. I mean, between the yeah. kissing and cancer, they've actually been, you know, fairly decent. So I'm wondering now 
if if they're going to do this, are they going to replay the Jack and Lauren thing that we yep. saw earlier this year, or and and that means they're going to break up Michael and Lauren. You know, I, I'm see, I'm trying to not go there because I'm hoping that Josh has some common sense to not bust them up. But then again, I thought about it. The storyline with Victor. Um. I enjoy seeing Melanie Thomas Scott and Eric Braden every single day. I do. But then I thought about it. I was like, this is the epilepsy storyline all over again. And who yeah. was writing at that time? Josh Griffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some things that I can I, I can tolerate. like, But then there's some things that I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to stand in the corner and wait till after, you know, right now. Because I, I said for my Josh Griffin review, Report card because I'm a teacher. November 21st. By then I will have my official. How did Josh Griffin do for the year 2019 for the Young and the Restless? But right now it's a it's a S. I, I mean, it's well, not a year. It's still a year because there's a lot and there's things that he could have done with certain characters who are no longer on there because quote unquote he creatively couldn't couldn't write for them and they didn't have the budget. <clears throat> I miss you, Lauren Locke. I love you, Anna. Yeah. Anna. <clears throat> I was waiting for that triangle, but it's okay. <clears throat> that's all I got. I miss you, God. Well, right. <laughs> it is definitely a, it is definitely a sizzling summer. All four of our shows have opened up storylines that look to be exciting. Let's hope that they, you know, deliver on the promises that we're seeing these those last two weeks. Thank you so very much to the incomparable, the daytime royalty, Miss Jacqueline Zeman, for her honest, Woo! fun, beautiful interview and her stories. And, um, and I got as something always, for you guys. I do have something for you guys. This Uh-oh. is from Jackie herself. She posted it on Twitter. Thank you at Take Two Radio for inviting me to join you today. David, Carolyn, Candace, and Anthony, you were a joy to share stories with. Thank you. That's on her Twitter. Oh. <laughs> and I just retweeted it. Well, and, next uh, week. She, and she also has it on her Instagram. Nice. Aww. <laughs> Well, next week, Queen Carolyn will be very happy. We have another interview coming your way. Uh, Can't say who who it is yet. Next week. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Uh -uh. Next week is just a recap. That's right. Yeah, next week is a recap. Yeah, two two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Next week is eye candy for me. I don't know about you, Candace, but... Well, listen. No, it, it's not next week, Carolyn. It's in two weeks. It's a follow. It's oh, in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but between, but you know what, Carolyn? Between now and next Thursday, we're gonna have plenty of eye candy. Like you know, just we well, watch. We candy. have to end it, guys. We're going off. <laughs> okay. Happy everybody weekend. Have a great weekend. Happy soap watching. Good night, all. Bye. Good night, everybody. Night.